Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome, of course, Pennsylvania State Representative Joanna E. McClinton. Welcome back. Thank you, Karen. It's so good to be back. So we were just talking a little bit off mic. You know, now the it starts again. <laughs> the clock starts again. All right. Every two years, you're on this treadmill of like running and being elected and running and being elected and fighting in between to, to get the voices of the people in Pennsylvania, particularly in your district, uh, the 191st House District, heard. <sighs> Why do you do this? Well, that's a question. We don't have enough time, but I'm going to summarize. I do this because my neighbors, my community, um, a a community of people of color, um, not all people from uh, Southwest, West Philly, Delco. I have a large immigrant uh, community. Uh, It's very beautiful and diverse. Um, A lot of folks from the Caribbean, a lot of folks from different places in Africa. Uh, So We have an amazing community and our community deserves an advocate who's going to be zealous, ensure that our rights are upheld, and most importantly, um, in leadership in Harrisburg in the State House, because our colleagues deserve someone who's going to, while on that treadmill, be able to multitask, be able to also ensure that we are bringing home resources for the marginalized and that rights are on the table and people are engaged, involved, informed, and most importantly, empowered. Okay. All right. You are, of course, uh, the first black woman majority leader of the state house in the history of Pennsylvania. 244 years. There's <laughs> never been a black woman in leadership. Uh, the leader, the uh, majority leader and Pennsylvania took the, the leadership back from, uh, so talk about the transition, right? For the people in Pennsylvania who showed up, we got a Senator in Thank goodness the guy from Jersey, the Carnival Barker, didn't win. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna say less. And now you have a state house that actually can get some stuff done, as well. How important is that? Because people like to say, well, we should have a Republican this and a Democrat that, so that there's balance. But I feel like there's there's no more balance to be had. That we just need to lead and put things right. That's correct. So I want to thank all the Pennsylvania voters. You know, we're now uh, three weeks out, uh, well, two full weeks out from the election. Thank you for participating, uplifting your voices, um, making sure that you either voted by mail or you came out on Tuesday, November the 8th and voted. Um, So Pennsylvania, everybody thinks, oh, you know, it's up north. It's very liberal like New York or like New Jersey. It is not. (laughs) Jersey's not like New Jersey. Let me just be clear. Jersey Jersey is more like Pennsylvania than it is like New York. We are a state that every four years, you know, one year, an overwhelming amount of voters choose a Democrat. The next year, overwhelming amount of voters choose Republican. And when I say overwhelming, I don't mean significantly large. It's pretty much 50-50. But our state legislature has gerrymandered the map so bad that when I got elected five terms ago, there were 121 Republicans to 82 Democratic state reps. So what we're walking into in 2023, it's 
much more reflective of the voting population. We're walking in with 102 Democrats to 101 Republicans. It's almost evenly split. And that's the way our elections go back and forth when we choose a governor, when we choose a United States senator. You know, for a while there, we had Republican Toomey for multiple terms. And then we just had the opening where Democrat won, but our state goes back and forth. So it's exciting to see Democrats get the first opportunity in 12 years to take the lead on a legislative agenda and to be able to show Pennsylvanians how we can work across the aisle, both in our chamber and with the Senate to get people's uh, agenda delivered, a people first agenda. So there's been a lot of criticism, uh, you know, folk talking greasy about Democrats don't do anything and blah, 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 which is why people stay home or they, you know, give the protest vote or they lean into the, the message of fascism. Uh, but you now have a Democratic governor, Democratic senator, the House, your, your, your state legislature by one vote, <laughs> one member is Democrat. What do you, what what do you imagine getting done over the next two years that you could campaign on, right, and say we got this done? So the first thing is we can't overlook how significant also our governor-elect Josh Shapiro's election is. Pennsylvania, until this election, has never had two terms of the same party reelected. It always goes back and forth to, you know, making us a purple state where sometimes we're red, sometimes we're blue. But Josh Shapiro was able to win um, immediately after Governor Wolf's eight years. So that's exciting for us to be able to work along with him. We're not in the ring alone. You know, we have a governor on our side and we're going to show people that it wasn't a red wave that was expected, but we're going to show that we're governing responsibly. We're going to have some listening tours where we're going to be going to every part of the state, red, blue, purple, uh, where we hear directly from constituents to build on the agenda that we've already had to deliver. And we're going to find the consensus. One of the challenges we had in Harrisburg and why that video ended up going viral was because there's been so much focus on the few things that we don't agree upon. We haven't been able to get things done for working people who are looking for help, whether that's when they go to pump their gas or when they go to their grocery stores. So we look forward to giving the working people an every part of our state, rural, urban, suburban, the support they need through good policies, not focusing on people's personal decisions when they go to the doctor. That is not why we elect people. We don't ever go and say, well, did you go to medical school? You running for state rep. That's not our job. Our job is to make the laws that, you know, make our schools uh, work well, are supported well, funded well, help our children uh, bring policies that will decrease these increases in gun violence. Like we have a real opportunity to do good work here and we are really excited about it all right leadership uh we're talking with of course pennsylvania state representative joanna mcclinton she is the first black woman uh, majority leader of the state house in pennsylvania how did that happen so that happened because I got out of my head and said, just try it, just do it. You know, what did Nike say? Just do it. Quite frankly, I first ran to be in the leadership team four years ago in 2018. And I, at that time I ran for the role of caucus chair. So that was a part of my opportunity to show my colleagues what it means to me to be in leadership and to be the first woman to do these different jobs. I was the first woman and the first person of color to be our caucus chair. That simply means every single time we're in Harrisburg, we have a caucus meeting where we go over the legislative agenda, where we review the bills, where we take questions, where we call on our staff to 
do. And I ran those meetings for two years. After running those meetings for two years, we were all saddened and disappointed because my predecessor, our leader, lost his reelection bid. When he lost his reelection bid, other colleagues started calling me and just telling me. Being the only woman in leadership, we will have a long wait for there to ever be a woman to be leader, whether you win or not. And that was something, Karen, that just hit home for me. It's like, I wasn't seeking out being number one. I wasn't seeking out, you know, carrying the weight of our caucus on my shoulders, but it was important to me that there's representation because if not us, then who? And if not now, when? Mm. You know, it was interesting. I was um, talking with some people uh, when I was at Hunter College, I was, um, in this program mentoring students and you know the equal rights amendment came down to pennsylvania and your state house being you know because you had to have both your your house and your senate agree and one half didn't and it was the final state now it eventually came again and you guys voted correctly i think it came back down to pennsylvania and you voted correctly but i just think about how you know things can hang in the balance on one state or one part of a state's legislature. Again, what what is going to be the big issue that will confront you as a as the leader of of the of the state uh, house that you think will happen on your watch? So one of the big issues that we will uh, put on our agenda is minimum wage. Our minimum wage has been stagnant at the federal level. Um, for the entirety of time. So it is $7 and a quarter. And I mentioned our neighboring states a little bit ago, whether you go to Ohio, West Virginia, Maryland, New Jersey, um, Delaware, um, New York, every state has a higher minimum wage than ours. So I am hoping that that is one big issue that we will be able to advance and accelerate to be able to get uh, our working uh, women and men uh, across the board the opportunity to be paid with dignity for the work they do. We all had commercials and sang songs and gave out cards, you know, in 2020. But the truth of the matter is people need to be paid well. They don't need to just be applauded. So that is something that we want to be able to tackle. And we know that it's going to be tough to get consensus, right? Uh, having the majority doesn't mean that everybody in that caucus, you know, sees every issue eye to eye. But we look forward to taking on these big issues. Another one is funding our public schools fairly. Um, we have still distortions in how children are educated. It depends on where your parents can afford to live. And frankly, that's something that bothers me. It's it's not right. It's not appropriate. It's not just. It's not fair. You know, you shouldn't be living your life wondering, are my children going to have opportunities or will they be denied because we live in zip code 19143, which is where I've lived for 40 years. You know, is it going to be harder for mine than it would be if we lived, you know, in another county? So that's another thing that we're going to be working toward. How important has Abbott Elementary been in terms of making your life easier as I'm I'm reaching out to the the woman inspired uh, by that. And Shirley Ralph, I think, will be on the show as well on Friday. Uh, you know, hopefully she'll come through. Um, how how's that changed and shifted your <laughs> the landscape? Well, that has put a big light. And I was just with Cheryl. We had an Emmy uh, celebration for her here in Philly last Tuesday. And I said because her husband is in the state house, right? 
That's right, Senator Vincent Hughes. And I sat with Mrs. Abbott, uh, you know, for who the show has been written about. And she, we were at the same table, so we got to talk. And it's one thing to be able to tell colleagues, you know, we're having a hard time in our school district. But for ABC to have a production that is so well done and so accurate. I have public school teacher friends who have a hard time watching it, kind of cringe a little bit. I kind of cringe a little bit. I'm sure other people are laughing, but it hits home. It's not exaggerated. There are teachers, you know, trying to provide children a good environment in which they can learn that's safe, where the food is improved, where they're doing like 20 different roles and they shouldn't be doing those roles because the state, because it is our responsibility to educate every child, we should be picking up the tab and making sure they have more resources. So I am appreciative to her tremendous work and all of the honors that she's receiving in this season because it just shows the fact that we are all activists and art is another way for us to get the message across like, hey, America, we have a problem. Some school districts should not be where you say, oh, I don't want to send my children there. But that's what parents are doing now. And they're dealing with it. And it's a mm. challenge. And children are suffering through it. And they only get to go to school once. It's not like you get to 12th grade and they say, all right, go back to first. We got a better school district for you. Well, Mrs. Hughes has been using her platform to highlight HIV AIDS. And she's been doing a lot of work quietly. And I'm like, so, you know, it takes a breakout like this because you don't know where the breakout is going to come because she's been working. You know, she's just been working and she didn't know that this was going to be a breakout. But now the Emmy and everybody's like, Shirley Ralph, Shirley Ralph. She's the, that y'all messed around. They about to find out like, yes, it's going to be a whole lot of highlighting of a whole lot of things because she cares deeply about people, period. Let me just say that. So do you, uh, Representative Joanna McClinton. Success for you, you're going to, you know, uh, is this a stepping stone to, you know, the next, the national thing, you know, not your viral and all of that and famous. Yeah. My neighbors have given me a mandate and I am humbled that they have the confidence in me to be their voice in Harrisburg. So if this is as far as the journey goes, there are enough challenges for us to tackle right in the state legislature. And that is truly my goal is so that one day, and I don't know when it'll be, because like you said, we're on a treadmill. We get the the fire or hire every two years. So they decide whether they're going to keep me or get a new lease with a new car. (laughs) But my goal is while I'm here to be able to say, here's what we accomplished together. Here's what we were able to turn around. Here's how we were able to make investments. And here's how we were able to address the concerns of the communities. For people who are, who live somewhere, which we all do, right? What does the state legislature actually do? What is your job? Like I always say, you know, we're so focused on the president. We show up for the, you know, that we show up for our, maybe we show up for our governors, maybe. Um, but the state legislatures, the, the people that actually control the things that matter in our lives, right? So can you just give us a brief rundown of what your powers preside over? Very small snapshot. Let's first with voting, right? We think about voting as a federal light, right? Which it is, but the states, we have the authority and we are charged to administer elections. We are in charge of the elections. So first and foremost, your right to vote. States are in charge of ensuring that it goes smoothly. States are in charge of assuring that there is no fraud. We're in charge of making sure that it's easy for you to be able to vote. Um, So we have vote by mail in Pennsylvania now for a full two years. Um, 
we're in charge of every public school. We are in charge of funding public schools. We are in charge of taking all those tax dollars. You might not realize it, but you're sending them up the turnpike and you're sending them to Harrisburg. And we have a $40 billion budget that pays for everything from healthcare, for those who are seniors, to uh, folks who are in the Department of Corrections, to ensuring that, as I said, our Department of Education is very large, that we have benefits for senior citizens. Uh, we have a lot to do. It's not as glamorous as Congress. You know, we don't have a big State of the Union every January. So I know state legislatures, we get left behind in the shadows. And when you're even in big cities, like where I live in Philly, you know, council seems to be more glamorous. But we have a major role. We administer federal dollars to our municipalities. Um, so we play a large role as it relates to being fiscal agents on how to spend tax dollars, how to spend grants from Washington, D.C. And we have a lot to shoulder as it relates to your day-to-day -day needs and easing burdens. So we don't do the potholes and, and, and you know, lights out, but what we do as much as we possibly can. And the biggest goal that we have is to reinvest into communities so that they flourish. Mm. Y'all. All right. So if somebody is in listening and they might want to do what you did, which was to not watch your neighborhood and community and complain about it, but get involved, give us some insight into what is the first thing. What's the first thing that you did when you made a decision and what precipitated you making the decision to be in For this? For sure. Yeah. So before putting my name on a, a ballot, <laughs> uh, the first thing I was doing at the time, I was working as staff for my state senator. I was his chief counsel. And before that, I was a lawyer as a public defender for almost 10 years in Philly. And so each of us with our own professional experience, our own lived experience, we see things that are not right. And we want to get involved. So everybody lives somewhere. And everywhere you live, there is a neighborhood group. Either there's a, a concerned neighbors group or there's a, a block committee. So we don't have to think in terms of large national parties. We should think of where we live. What is the community group doing? What are they focused on? And how can we get involved? In my community, the community groups come to my office and they say, here's our shared to-do list. We need a bench. We need lights. We need a new park. And they say, okay, I'm going to take that to Harrisburg. And then we are going to leverage. I'm going to get with my state senator to see if we can get some help. I'm going to call my friends in Congress that serve the same area to see how we can help. Because the community groups dictate to us what our objectives are every time we are in a new session. I'm having listening tours in my own neighborhood starting in December because I have a new area with redistricting. And I'm sitting down saying, what are your needs? What are your concerns? Come to this town hall. Let's talk about it. So so every time you see a flyer online that your local representative is having or your local council member, get involved. Do not think, oh, politics isn't for me. I don't have time to read New York Times and be all in the Washington Post. Politics is for all of us. Every one of us participate. We might not feel like reading somebody's newsletter or what they're doing in the state capitol. You don't have to. But you can say that before 2023 comes, I'm going to find my neighborhood group and see when they're meeting next so I can get involved. Amen. Amen. All right. Listen, I appreciate you coming through and I want you to come back through and let us know things that we need to help you activate. You know, I don't have the platform that Abbott elementary, but we have some, some people in Philly and Pennsylvania listening who can help get some things done. If you run into any road mat road roadblocks, if you know what I'm saying. 
I'm saying that's something. right. Well, we will need you. So thank awesome. you so much for yes. having me. Open seat here, Rep- Representative, and congratulations, Representative Joanna McClinton, first Black woman majority leader of the state of State House of Pennsylvania, 244 years. Come on through history. Three times you done made it. Thank you so much for coming back through. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.